don't believe that that any place is full of completely bad, right? Like yeah. you have to yeah. seek out and yeah. find the people who are going to nurture you in any place yeah. because you're not going to find a place, right? We're imperfect people. Right. So I don't know that you're going to find, like, it might be a better fit somewhere else, but I also encourage you, if you find yourself in that situation, to say, okay, who here can I go to? Welcome to Hallway Conversations. We're a trio of educators who have plenty of questions about teaching and learning and school culture, and we believe in the value of collaboration and reflection as we seek to keep growing as teachers. So this podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about issues in education and why they might matter to Christian educators. Welcome to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. My name is Matt Beamers. I'm Abby DeGroat. And I'm Dave Mulder. Our deep hope is to create safe space for all of us to learn together. And our desire is that you might be encouraged in your work and encouraged to go back to your classroom, your staff room, your boardroom, or your hallway and play around a bit. And while teaching and education is a serious business, we try not to take ourselves too seriously. Whether on the podcast or in the hallway, we like to poke fun and laugh, and we also try to carry each other's burdens, and we think this is what it means to live in Christian community. If you are new to Hallway Conversations, the general format is one is that one of us brings a question and we explore our own thinking. We also appreciate getting questions from you, our listeners, so if you have time, please email us or send us a recording of your question to hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. That's hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. Dave, I believe we have a couple of questions, maybe linked together, from two of our listeners. So do you mind sharing those? I'll I'll read it. So this one came in via email. This was kind of exciting. We found out we have some of our students who are listening to the podcast, which is marvelous and also kind of weird. And there's no money exchanging ads. Correct. They're doing this on their own volition. Yes, and last week I literally saw them huddled in the back of one of my classrooms, (laughs) and they're like, we're sending you a question. It was so great. So this is is a lot of fun. when I was reading the, the checking the email that we had this one from some two of our students. So this is coming to us from Sydney and Christiana. Thank you, ladies, for for uh, writing in. Here's the questions that they ask, and I'll just read them aloud, and let's play with them. Maybe we'll take them one at a time. But there's two, and they're kind of linked together. So um, here's the question: uh, Say we as teachers find ourselves in a school in which the environment and relationships among colleagues is less than positive. While we love the students we're with, we also notice that this negative environment is affecting our emotional well-being and how we feel being in the school. How do we balance a devotion to our students' learning as well as the more professional side of working with fellow faculty? Should we stay in this environment or should we look for other opportunities? So that's a big question. And then kind of a related one, um, they say we're in our senior year of college and we're starting to look for education jobs. What are the most important questions we should ask during interviews? I love mm-hmm. both of those. So yeah. let's maybe tackle the first one, though, right? So if yeah. we're in a negative environment, we're realizing, like, we love the kids that we're working with, but we're maybe in kind of a negative uh, environment with colleagues. What do we do with that? Should we stay in this environment? Should we look for other opportunities? And did they ask, and just to clarify, Dave, in the question, did they say, like, they noticed that this was having an impact on their own emotional It does well-being? say that in there, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think, I think it was a little bit of a hypothetical. Yeah. But, but right. yeah. So, yeah, hypothetically so speaking. If, they, if you notice that it's starting yeah, to negatively yeah. impact you, what do we do? What do you yeah, do like, like, to me, that's what, the reason I clarified that, because I think that's a really important line, actually. Yeah. Um, like, we need to be in a place where... Like for us to for us to be, we need to be well as teachers. Yeah. And for us to help our students be well, 
emotionally, spiritually, like, because part of teaching, right, we know this is so much more than just teaching content, right? You are, you are partnering with parents um, in, in raising these kids. They're with you six or seven hours a day. And so, yeah, that there's for sure a level of dedication and commitment. But, you know, you talked earlier this season, Dave, or last season, about the emotional labor of teaching. Yeah, right. Right? It, right. it takes its toll. I mean, now more than ever, we know this from friends of, of how difficult it is just with COVID mm-hmm. for, for other yeah. reasons. And I, and I guess I'm beginning to think more and more that um, teachers, in order to pour into students and to give them what they require, beyond the content, um, that if we're not emotionally and physically well, um, it, it becomes virtually impossible. It's not, it's not good for ourselves as children, children of God, like to, if we're not flourishing, but then it's also, it's, it's impossible for that not to impact your teaching. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's going mm-hmm. to do something to you as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, so that's the first thing, I guess that's jumping out mm-hmm. to me is, um, yeah, like we, we need to flourish, like, and you need to be flourishing at some level in order to do well in the classroom. Right? I don't know, Abby. Yeah. I, when I was thinking about this question, a, a resource came to my mind that I sometimes share with my senior students. And so, um, Christiana and Sydney, you might get this again in class. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, that's but great. yeah, but I'm going to share it now too. It's, it's actually written by, um, a gal named Jennifer Gonzalez, and she runs the blog Cult of Pedagogy. Have yeah, any of you yeah. ever oh, been on it? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And she has um, a piece on there, and it's actually a piece of creative writing called Find Your Marigold, the one mm. essential rule for new teachers. And I'm just going to read a very short excerpt that kind of gets at the essence of um, this text. So it says, many experienced gardeners follow a concept called companion planting, placing certain vegetables and plants near each other to improve growth for one or both plants. For example, rose growers plant garlic near their roses because it repels bugs and prevents fungal diseases. Among companion plants, the marigold is one of the best. It protects a wide variety of plants from pests and harmful weeds. If you plant a marigold beside most any garden vegetable, that vegetable will grow big and strong and healthy, protected and encouraged by its marigold. Marigolds exist in our schools as well encouraging, supporting, and nurturing growing teachers on their way to maturity. If you can find at least one marigold in your school and stay close to them, you will grow. Find more than one and you will positively thrive. And then um, she spends the rest of the piece kind of identifying other plants that exist in schools, mm, right? Sure. Like beware of the walnut trees who kind of suck every the life out of everything, yeah. which, you know, um, and then there's some other like types, right? Like Kid Hate and Kate and Retirement Dan. And, <laughs> oh, man. Right? The ones who's like two ways, you know, yeah. two days away from retiring all the time. I'm out of here. Just wait. Yeah. Um, 20 page Tina, who's got like impossible standards. And um, Hattie, who hates the principal. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> My time, I'm Margaret. I'm right here. I'm <laughs> Who counts the number of minutes she got for lunch, right? Um, You know, so, and it just says, like, get what you can where you can. So take what you can from people, but find those people Mm -hmm. who are willing to pour into you and help you thrive. And I just, when I hear that question, I think, I don't believe that that any place is full of completely bad, right? Like, you have to seek out and find the people who are going to nurture you 
in any place yeah. because you're not going to find a place, right, where we're imperfect people. Right. So I don't know that you're going to find, like, it might be a better fit somewhere else, but I also encourage you, if you find yourself in that situation, to say, okay, who here can I go to, right? right? Who is the person that so, that uh, I could grow next to? I'm hearing you kind of say, like, bloom where you're planted to right, some degree, kind of, right? To pick some, up on the flower yes, analogy. Yes, and that's but, not right. to make light of what you were talking about yeah, either, no, 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 right? right? There are some situations that become yeah. untenable. Yeah, totally. Um, well, and I think that's And I'm not saying stay. No, no, but I, I do absolutely not. Like I, and I do think, like, for me, I really thought of one of Dave's answers sometimes when I, when I ask him a question is, is, is it depends. Yeah, and, totally. and part of it, and part of it totally. depends how you're wired. Like, yeah. I had a discussion in one of my grad ed classes last night about, about the question was, um, what brought you to your job and what keeps you there? Oh, yeah. And then how important is culture mm-hmm. to, to keeping you there or, or, um, having you leave, but but one of the things that came up was like there's some people who are wired where when they're in that situation where they feel like they're in the middle of a negative culture, yeah. like they thrive, like they want to be part of turning the way right. they're wired is I'm gonna step right into that yeah. and I'm gonna be part I'm gonna be part of the solution. Right. And there's other people for the way they're wired is to say this is untenable and for my own best interest and it doesn't make you a selfish person. I want to no. be. No. I'm really clear about that no. for for my own well-being and actually for the well-being of my students. Mm-hmm. Um, this is untenable, and I actually I actually have to remove myself right. from this situation. And and neither is actually no. wrong. Like one is not being this is yeah. one is stronger, one is no. weaker. No. One one is just knowing is just knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it doesn't mean it's for someone to leave doesn't mean you're not dedicated to your students. Like, I would feel like that's a, that's a sense of, of right. false guilt. I do think, though, like in thinking about, I think one of the things we need to think about as school leaders around this idea of teacher retention is what is it like to be in a school where you're asking, what does it look like where school leadership or even colleagues care for each other, which mm-hmm. goes a bit of, like, mm-hmm. what does care look like in this right. school? Which goes a little bit to the second question that they're asking, what is a good interview question? And one of the questions that I would be thinking related to this topic is, it, is tell me about your culture of care. Yeah. Tell me about what you do well in terms of caring for each other and tell me where gaps exist. Like, who cares for the teachers? Who cares for the school leaders? I'd, I'd want to know that. Right. Um, and so, so I want to be careful in saying to them, it, it depends on, on who you are and what you need and, right. and just to be honest. But but if you are going to remain remain in a place and you're going to dig in and like this is worth fighting for, and, and I do love that, is there's it is virtually impossible to do that alone. Yeah. Like who are the people yeah. who are fighting for the same things? Yeah. Yeah. And surround yourself with them, um, those life-giving people, and say this, this is. We're in the boat rowing for. the same way. Right? Totally. Instead, <laughs> right. instead of what my friend would say, you know, instead of the hole drillers, yeah, right, putting the hole yeah. in the boat, right, and yeah. Yeah. and so um, yeah, I would say surrounding yourself with the right people is a key part of this, and every and and you, they are there on that staff. You might yeah. need. 
you might have to build a relationship, just like hole drillers mm -hmm. are gonna, are going to be there. So, but, so one of our friends, Darren, uh, yeah. uh, tweeted just the other day. He has got an education thought every yeah. day, right? Yeah. And, and he'll tag people in it and stuff. And his was, uh, what are what is something along the lines of, what is your faculty doing that oozes joy? Yeah. And and I yeah, love that's a good that, that that yeah. visual imagery. Yeah. Of, okay, the science teacher me is thinking slime yeah. and stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. oozing joy and. Every staff has people who are oozing yeah. joy, right? And it leaves kind of this uh, mm -hmm. trail behind them, yeah, right? Because yeah. they're, and I, that just captured my imagination, right? Like, I, I like to think of us as people like that among yeah. our, our colleagues here, too. And not that we've, I mean, we've got a really positive culture here yeah. in our department and all that. But what are we doing that's that's prompting that, that's, mm -hmm. that's yeah. leaving that, um, you know, on, on our Cultural colleagues. dust. <laughs> Cultural. Yeah. That's a good yeah, way of thinking yeah, about right? it. Like just to say, like, and and that that also would be a a great interview question. What do what what does it look like when people ooze joy or what brings joy? But I but I also like, and I've mentioned this before, my friend Danny, his his line above his door is a sign above his door that also says choose joy. Mm -hmm. That's right. Right, and there are days where you have to you have to choose it to yeah. say you know like like is it there are hard days there are long days physically spent you're emotionally spent you don't have much to give and some days and some days you have to choose joy and i think in addition to be in a place at times where it's okay even as a teacher to not be okay that doesn't mean you have to be down in the dumps that doesn't mean you got to be complaining about everything but it's also okay yeah just uh, today's a melancholy day and that and that's yeah. actually okay like to ooze joy when you can, but on the days when you don't, even how do you manage those emotions, right? right? That it, right. it doesn't need to be all or all or nothing. Like I'm all in or I'm two minutes away from quitting sort right. of thing, right? Yeah. How do you create safe space for yourself and even for your students yeah. to be like, yeah, no, this is, it's just this kind of day and actually that's okay. Yeah. That, that's and I think, okay. I think now too, we can't discount the power of virtual relationships in yeah. supporting each other yeah, yeah. as well. Like I'm thinking about com educators with common beliefs or common passions of yours that you can connect with virtually, right? Because I know a lot of teachers who are the only science teacher sure, yeah. at right. their school, right? And having a support network of other science teachers yeah. that yeah. they can reach out to on Twitter or in another virtual format. Or mm -hmm. I found a ton of support in my graduate cohort, right? Like oh, yes. groups that you're put in or that you can otherwise virtually interact with that can act as those people who nourish you as well. Yeah, this, this is such a myth somehow that like because it's a virtual relationship yeah. that it's not real, right. right? And I think that that's a real shortcoming of our language that we talk yeah. about, like because it's online that makes it virtual somehow. Like, no, you can have very yeah. real, supportive, kind, mm -hmm. encouraging friendships, uh, mm -hmm. even at a distance. Right. Oh, well, I, I think about that. I mean, I share, I've shared with you guys earlier, right? I was part of a cohort when I was doing my, my doctorate. I, I finished that six, seven, uh, five, six, seven years ago now. And I haven't seen those people since, since the day I left. And we, we still have a, a text conversation. And it's life-giving for me. We're checking yeah, in with right. each other. And so, yeah, find those, find those people on your campus. But mm -hmm. also, hey, who are the people in your life, whether they're your face-to-face -face or, or in different areas that are, that are life-giving? And I think yeah. to be, yeah, to be, to be, really blunt to be honest about looking at your relationships and say like what are the life-giving relationships that we pour into each other and are there relationships where i'm pouring in and i'm actually not getting right. anything back because that takes a lot of energy too and, and, sure. and being able to set good boundaries yeah, yeah. right 
Yeah. Which is a skill I still haven't mastered. Yeah. But no, and for all of us to keep right. growing in that. Yeah. Can you talk about that for a second, Abby? Like, yeah. I'm just thinking about. So we have this question from a couple of our students. Yeah. They're thinking about going into the profession. And this idea of setting professional boundaries. Can you? Because right. because again, how do you? I'm thinking about that phrase in terms of like, the the you know maybe some of the people on our staff who are like no like I'm I'm leaving at four no matter what and there's mm -hmm. some people who are there to six and and on the one hand there's something, yeah look at these people who are so dedicated but but there's also something about being able to set a boundary at times mm -hmm. and yeah can you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah well I don't I don't think. I have it figured out, but yeah. no, oh. <laughs> yeah. but, but just being able to say, right, because you're right. If you don't have anything to give, right. Mm. If you are, so there's, there's, there's times you need to stop, right. Or there's, yeah. there's relationships that you need to say, no, I can't do that yeah. today. Right. Yeah. You need to know where yeah. to say, I am not ready to commit to that until I, put something else down or, sure. you know, knowing your own time, um, even boundaries with students as far as what you carry emotionally, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's some, like, teaching adolescents, I think there's the potential for you're going to know things that are going to, that you're going to carry, right? right? Yeah, right. Um, about students and about their lives and to be able to give that to God in many ways, right, mm -hmm. and carry it appropriately, right. but not get yeah. sucked well, into that yeah, in an unhealthy way. I think even there, like to try to discern, like what is mine to carry, right, yeah. and yeah. what is mine, what is mine not to carry, or to right. be able to say, who are the other professionals, like yeah. professionals in yeah. the building? Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can't help you with that, but we yeah. have a wonderful school counselor. You mm -hmm. need to talk. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. need to get that help, mm -hmm. right? To not that doesn't mean you don't. In fact, you do it because you love that. Right. Student. Right. It's not that you student. don't care. It's that you care enough to point them in, point them in, yeah, in the right direction. direction. Yeah. I think that's one of the hard things about setting boundaries. The the work of teaching is often very consuming for us because yeah. mm -hmm. to do this work well, like it's it's hard. Like when when we're during work hours, we're almost always with yeah. the students. Yeah. And yeah. so, how do you prepare? How do you give feedback? All all those other pieces of it. And so to kind of right size that work, this is something that I'm continuing to grapple with yeah. twenty some years into mm -hmm. this, right? And uh, yeah, so small things, but like committing to saying, yes, I will respond to emails within 48 hours. Yeah. Actually, I try to do it within 24 hours, right? Yeah. But, but yeah. To, to give yourself be, some leeway there. Right? And, and to be realistic about yeah. what I can actually accomplish. And yeah. so for me, that means I'm not going to get my laptop out every night when yeah. I'm at home. Now, that's a privileged place for me being here at this point in my mm -hmm. career to be able to say that, right? When I taught in K-12, yeah, like you got to check in and there's planning work and I always brought a stack of paper home with me every night, yeah. right? There's the, that's just kind of the quality of the work. And Do you ever bring them home and then not touch them because oh, they yes. do that? <laughs> yes. Sad but true. <laughs> just to make myself just, just, just to make myself feel better. I pull oh, bag home. whether They're or not. They're in my bag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could grade them if I wanted to. I never did that, but thanks for sharing that. Uh -huh. No, I'm just I'm kidding. No, but I think about if I think about even if I think about boundaries, right? It is it's around all those things of being able to say how how much when is it good enough how mm -hmm. much is enough right? right right this comes back to what you're saying about flourishing right like if i'm not thriving as a teacher mm -hmm. are my students yeah. going to be thriving there comes a point where i think don't feel bad about taking care of yourself for the sake of your students like this idea of of i want to do what's you know we just want to do what's best for students at, 
Absolutely. But actually, sometimes what's doing best for students is doing what's best, best for, for the teachers. teachers. Yep. Right? That those things are not mutually exclusive, That's actually. Right. And and I know I've been there as a principal. I just I just want to give students the best experience they can in our school. Absolutely. Maybe doing that means taking care of the teachers. And I don't think I always understood that when I was a principal, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Let's shift to their second question, though, a little bit. Mm -hmm. A couple minutes here. Let's just brainstorm. What are, we've got college students or folks who are looking for a new position, maybe, in, in education. Uh, what's our best advice? The most important questions that we should ask during interviews, right? We often think interviews, it's like the people who are hiring us mm -hmm. are asking us a lot of questions. But I think this is a really great, insightful question for them. Mm -hmm. What should we be asking when, we, when we're coming in for an interview? What do you think? Oh, I think something around how a staff collaborates, right? Or, mm. or takes advantage of the expertise in the building, right? Yeah. I would want to know, you know, is there, are there in-services where we're working together on projects? Are there places where, you know, someone who has knowledge can speak into are there opportunities for that because mm -hmm. um, I think a place that like kind of connecting to what we were just talking about takes seriously the expertise of their teachers yeah. is a place that I would want to work mm. yeah I I would say I don't know if I'd ask it this way although I've always wanted to is is <laughs> what evidence is there to convict you of your mission statement Ooh. so like I would want to know like this is what you know if a if a if a mission vision statement is a promise statement, um, how do you keep that promise to parents in a tangible way? Like show me where this how this lives itself out. I think questions about self care. That's what I was going to um, bring. I think yeah. is like what do you what do you, how do you build community outside of the outside of the school building? Do your do your does your staff play together? Do mm -hmm. they know them? Do they know themselves? Do they know each other only as teachers? Right. Or do they know know each other as people? And I know people have different opinions on that. Like they yeah. they are ready to walk away, and like I love these people, but I also I, I get all that. But it's yeah. a, still a good question um, to ask. I mean, how about you, Dave? Like you said, self care, and that's what I'm thinking a lot about these days. And I guess I'm just looking at this. I see so many folks, especially on Twitter, who are people who've been teaching for years. Yeah. You know, six, yeah. eight, ten, twelve years, and they're saying, I think I'm out, yeah. and that. I worry. I worry yeah. about that. And so to, to be willing to ask that question, like, what, what are the actual expectations on me as yeah. a teacher mm -hmm. in this school? And, and to be willing to ask yeah. that question and to hold yeah. the school to it. Hey, you said this was the expectation yeah. for me. Yeah. And if I'm going to be expected to do 50 hours mm -hmm. of work and get paid for 40, then yeah. I need to know that coming in, right? Yeah. Um, that's... Yeah. And that's not easy. I understand the pressures that school leaders are under, yeah. and, and it's it's a hard thing. But I'm also thinking about this realistically. We, I think we need to do better. I, I mean, as a culture, we need to do better mm -hmm. in, in how we're supporting and caring for teachers. No, I, I agree. I, I just think it's, I think it's something that I don't know that we've always thought too intentionally about before the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but I, th I think it's important more I think it's important more than ever and I would encourage our young teachers to not to not be afraid to ask those questions like yeah. I sometimes think we can be in a place especially if you really want the job or you right. need it you right. know that you're like I, I don't want to ask anything what you might think is controversial but I think if you put high value on that and that's part of your makeup and what you're looking for in a school ask those questions you you want them you want to get the best information you can to make the best decisions right. 
possible. And mm -hmm. so there, if I think about all the times that I was asked questions by teachers in interviews, I can't think of one time where someone asked me a question where I thought, like, I can't believe they asked that. Yeah. In fact, those hard questions, I, I appreciated them because it's like, man, they are really thinking about this job. Right. And if they're thinking about right. these questions just for this job, you know, like, how intentional are they going to be in the rest of right. their work? Right. Yep. So, so I, I, man, if people would come and say, I don't have any questions, I'd actually get nervous about that. <laughs> yeah. what do you, like, you're going to make a life-changing decision and you have yeah. no questions? Right. So... Kudos to our students who come asking yeah, questions. Right. No, hundred percent. I that's why. Like, and I want to commend. I want to commend the students who are asking this question. I yeah. and I mean this, and take it hard. I love that you're thinking about that. Totally. Um, mm -hmm. But but ask ask harder questions and easier questions. Yeah. I, I think that's actually really really important. Friends, we know that your time is valuable, and we want to thank you for joining us in the hallway today. Thanks for the good, God-delighting work that you're doing, and we hope that the Lord gives you what you stand in need of this week. Finally, we'd like to send you into your day and this week with a blessing. So to our listeners and our students who we are so thankful for, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace and give you peace and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good week. This podcast was quite literally dreamed up during one of our actual hallway conversations. Our music is by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is an independent podcast created and produced by Matt Beamers, Abby DeGroat, and Dave Mulder. Thanks for listening. <laughs>